This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 592 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by ProStride. On tonight's show, we have a couple of guests that wrote articles for yourdressage.org. Elise Hart talks about how horses help with recovery from addiction. And then Julia Magson describes a connection between music and dressage. Then Wendy Murdoch joins us with special guest Patrick Tickelar. And after that, Nicole Harrington gives us a great trainer tip. Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, hi, Phil. Good evening, Reese. <laughs> Good How evening. I am great. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but my dog is snoring so loud next to me, but she's so cute. I just can't wake her up. So if you, you hear dogs snoring, yeah. I know Less she's so sweet. Dogs lie. That's what they say. <laughs> exactly. So I, if you hear dogs snoring, everybody, it's my sweet old Annie girl who's, who's with me every time for the show. But how was your week, Phil? It's been okay. It's been okay. okay. A, little, okay. A, little, a little tiring. I had to think for a minute there. A little tiring, you know, this, uh, <laughs> Just things to get done, and you know, winter is rolling in. So oh, I bet uh, you know it's it's good. It's good. We're ha- we're having a good time training. Yeah, I think we're all kind of there, and and that's where we are. And uh, we we had one of those really difficult uh, weather swings, which uh, you had one colicky last night. It just um, I don't know. I'm sure everybody deals with it, but we went from um, record-breaking temperatures, almost 80 degrees, um, and it was beautiful. Couldn't have been better weather, um, but it was one of those where the horses have their coats, and and it was tricky. And we we we're also, you know, the horses are leaving for Florida soon, so we can't clip everybody yet. It's, it was a little tricky, and we went from 80 to it'll be 40 tonight. So it was a big it was a big switch. So we're we're dealing with that here. We all know that you know if you're managing horses, that's kind of colic season. Yeah, it is you know, colic we season. We have to be carefully keep an eye on them and yep. make sure the ones with coats aren't sweating too much. I, you know, we actually had to turn the fans on in the barn because yeah, you know, of the horses beautiful. that weren't clipped, they were they were just sweating. So I don't think yeah. beautiful is the right word because we're just not prepared for it. Well, not prepared. the weather was very nice here, and it was. It's been actually a very mm-hmm. nice fall as we're sort of going back into to tricky numbers. I think all of us we have we have Paul from from the UK. He's our producer, and Phil from Canada, and I'm here in the US. And I think we're all now collectively dealing with the same thing. Is is so we're we're going to keep things positive. We're going to keep the show a little bit longer today. Uh, kind of going back into that uh, COVID mentality of let's yeah, have a great community and we're here for everybody and we love it when everybody reaches out. Uh, we have a great program going on, uh, which is we, Philip and I would like to donate some, we'd like to do two, but if we get, we've already gotten some riders that have submitted people that deserve a lesson with Phil and I, uh, we're going to do an online lesson service. So we are, we've got that going until the middle of December. And for Christmas, we're going to give a couple listeners, um, some lessons with us. So keep those, uh, coming in. All you have to do is send myself Reese at horseradionetwork.com or Philip at horseradionetwork.com or both of us. 
you're going to nominate somebody and why we've already gotten a couple of trainers that have been nominated and we love it. So keep that up. Or you, um, you nominate yourself, nominate yourself. Nominate yourself okay. If you feel I, I it's okay. We'll, Just, yes. Send us an email that says, you know, how it would really help you or how you want to develop a horse, or maybe you're having problems with your horse and you can't go to your trainer or your trainer can't come to see you. Let's, you know, I, I think we're just going to leave it kind of open in and, yeah. uh, and, uh, and we'll do, uh, uh, an online virtual lesson. We'll figure out how we're going to make it work. Uh, yep. you know, cause people have different access to technologies, you know, so that's fine. And we'll figure it out. So we'll figure it out. We had a great show last week about some, some different option for virtual and Phil, great news. We also have okay. a new drum roll, please announcement for our book club book of the month, or probably this will be for November and December, but we, here it is drum roll. Okay. It is effortless dressage program by Uta Graf, a top rider's keys to success using play groundwork, trail riding and turnout. So we're really excited. And I think this will be a great book for this season as we're all kind of maybe uh, stuck in the indoor or stuck inside a little bit. Um, so it's already, I've already gotten my copy. I don't feel, I don't know if you've gotten your copy yet. I do. I do have it. And uh, <laughs> actually it's, it's another one of these uh, really beautiful books. The pictures in it are amazing. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, I haven't gotten into reading it just yet, but uh I'll, I'll, we'll get there and and yeah, yeah. so if people <laughs> want to visit uh, Trafalgar Square Books and uh, pick up their copy you can read along with us and then we're be we'll be giving away one of the copies to uh, a listener who's part of the auditor program exactly so and again you can become an auditor you can go to the horse radio network page and there's information on how to become an auditor. And you could also be available to get the book and come on the show with Phil and I and talk about it. So lots of exciting things. And uh, we're going to get started with the show. we got a great show for you guys. And we're going to have a commercial break from ProStride. ProStride is the all-natural solution for lameness. It uses the power of your horse's own blood to relieve pain, reduce inflammation, and improve mobility to keep them sound. ProStride can be completed stallside by your veterinarian in just 20 minutes with no need for trailering. ProStride is backed by years of science and success stories. Olympians to pleasure riders, trainers, horse owners and their veterinarians trust the improved performance and lasting results reported with a single injection. No series, no daily supplements and no monthly regimen. When every stride counts, demand the difference they deserve. Ask your vet about ProStride. Learn more at ProStride.com. Well, tonight we are so honored and excited to have Elise Hart of All Heart Equestrian. She just wrote an article with USDF on USDF.org of riding and recovery. Elise, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Well, we all have a mutual friend, and that is Patty Mayer. She's a big fan and a big, big part of our show as well. We love having her. And she told me about you and your story, and I wanted, and we all wanted to share your story with our listeners. So can you start us off? Tell us a little about yourself. Well, that's a very loaded question. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. That was a loaded one. You got this, no, girl. No, it's totally fine. <laughs> um, my name is Elise. I am 31 years old. I live in California. I was born and raised here. I was adopted at birth um, by a lesbian Jewish couple, which might sound controversial, but it was probably the most normal thing that's ever happened in my life, if that can give you some perspective. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I, you know, I started riding horses at a really young age and I, you know, fell in love with everything to do with the horse. I loved being outside with the other kids. I loved the feeling I got from riding. Um, I found it exhilarating. I found it really constructive. I really had problems paying attention in school and I found that it was like something I could stick with and just a passion that I really uh, grew to. And um, basically as as it happens with people when they're getting older, I think just normal people kind of experience this is that just in the human condition, it's like you start to feel, am I different? Am I weird? You know, you start going through puberty and like life with your peers and stuff. And um, for me, it just got really different. And unfortunately, like I really enjoy saying that I think the safest place for a teenager to be is on the back of a horse. Um, as long as I was riding when I was young, I was, like on the right path. And as soon as I left the barn, I started hanging out with the wrong crowd at school. And um, that's where my life really started to take a turn. So, so what happened next? What's the next part of your story? So I had started to experiment with like marijuana and alcohol with kids and like partying. And it just became um, something that I was really fixated on. So instead of all my attention being like, you know, when is the next show we're doing or what is the next, like, what are we working on with the horse? It was like, when am I going to have an opportunity to drink and be with my friends? And, um, everybody started to see a shift in me pretty quickly. I, you know, got in with like, not, not a bad crowd. I was probably, I was probably the worst in the crowd. (laughs) 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 That's like, all I cared about was drinking. And, um, my parents sent me away to a therapeutic boarding school into a wilderness program. And I was able to stay sober for like a little over two years and I came home and um, during this time, my parents had never sold um, the mare that I had from when I was a kid and I started training with her again and my previous trainer, um, two previous trainers that I've been with since I was very, very little and um, one of them, their uncle is Charles DeComfy and so he came and he did a clinic with us and it was really to be that age and to be around someone with such sophistication of, you know, and mastery of dressage to me was really mind blowing. It was a completely different environment and kind of, I don't want to say the excellence that he demanded, but that he would create for you as like an environment for you to learn in. I really thrived in. And so I started getting really active in riding again And, um, I really started to enjoy it, but it was fleeting, unfortunately. And I started to get into like a party scene more and drinking and more heavy drugs. And, um, I eventually got into heroin, unfortunately. And that was really kind of like what brought me to my knees. Sure. So, uh, I, I read, I read your blog and it was, it was very interesting, but it sounds like there was uh, horsey people who believed in you throughout your problems and, and who, like you said, you, you know, your mare was still there and you were able to go back to her, uh, you know, at certain times. So, so is that, you know, how did, how did the horse scene drag you back out of all of your problems? Um, I'm really, really, really blessed by like the quality of people that I have in my life. Um, the, one of the instructors that I had growing up, I've known basically since I had a memory since I was born and her name is Gail Paperno. And, um, you know, I knew her like from our personal life and also at the barn, like she would lead me, like lead line me around shows when I was like four years old 
at Stony Point in Chatsworth. And um, she never gave up on me. And she would always give me opportunities to better myself and jobs at the barn. And I really think that because of the love that I had around the horse, like that people would let me come and just be who I was. And I don't like, in most cases we're accepting of it, you know, like that this was just the path that I was on right now and let me be myself and be with my horse and wouldn't guilt me, you know, cause I, I missed out on so much of my horse's life. We unfortunately had to euthanize her when I was pregnant. Pebble is the one I talked about in my article and um, it was really touching that I got to be there, you know, since I was sober and like through her illness with with her and she had lymphoma, which is kind of rare and um, was really devastating. But all of the people that surrounded me, um, especially with my surgeries, going through something like that was really hard. And especially because normally the first thing that I do when I get sober is I hop on a horse. And I couldn't (laughs) because I was on blood thinners and my cardiologist wouldn't clear me to ride. And I was itching to ride. And, you know, it was just such a a warm facilitation of just love, I guess, um, that always like swallowed me back into the barn and really helped me to never give up on myself. I think I think that's what I took, you know, kind of from from your story is that. Uh, you know, as an instructor myself and Reese and, and, and part of a barn family, I think that um, without even knowing it, that we can be providing support in a certain way of people who are struggling through tough times, you know, physically, emotionally, and that, that, that should be part of, you know, even if we have, you know, barn friends, that that, that is part of the equestrian community and, and that we have an important role to play in that with each other and uh, in everyone's life that, that maybe you just know an acquaintance or, or whatever, that, that there's a lot of love and a lot of support around us in, in, this, uh, in this community. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I've only been with Patty since July, but you know, COVID's been happening. There's all this financial stress in the world and political stress and all this stuff. And it's like, I get to come here and this poor woman, it's like, you know, when you're riding around on a 1200 pound animal and you're anxious, it's like, you kind of got to get that out before you start like go, you know, going around to the school. It's like, you can't pay attention. So I, I have this like debriefing with her every morning, which is probably not voluntary on her side, poor thing. But (laughs) No, she's but you know sport. what? She's a good sport. And I will be honest. I think probably Phil's having the same thing. I'm having the same thing as an instructor, you know, coming to the barn right now is, has been such a solace for so many people that, oh my gosh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, I think that that's it. So I guess my question is, is if someone is, is at a barn and they're thinking that someone is struggling, what, what would be some advice you would give that person to help you know, either a young adult or, or anyone that, that could be struggling with substance abuse? I think just creating an environment of support because, you know, from my experience, I learned that even if you know that you have a problem and even if you have a desire to be sober, it is so hard to still get there. So it's like if you kind of just create that environment of like, I'm here to talk to, if it's someone that you're close to and you can say, this is what I'm seeing, like, how does this look to you or what's going on with you? Um, I think that's really helpful. And, you know, our it's kind of funny because in like the adult amateur world and like, you know, they have this whole like 
ride and wine and like taking Xanax and shows. And like, it's kind of a joke, but it's like a thing, you know, that I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people are, our sport can be really stressful. And I think it would really be a beautiful thing if we could really learn to rely on each other um, more than, (laughs) more than chemicals while we're operating heavy machinery. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. So at least tell us about your life now. Oh my gosh. My, I wish, I don't know if you guys have been to Patty's. I know you live. Yes, far, I, have. I have been. Oh my gosh. I'm sitting on her back patio watching a lesson. It's like, you know, the sun's starting to go down over this beautiful valley. If you would have told me tomorrow, I celebrate five years sober. And wow. if you would have, congratulations. Me, thank you. If you would have told me five years ago that this is what my life was going to look like, I would not have believed you and neither would anybody else. I mean, I just had run myself into the ground and now it's, it's incredible. You know, I met the love of my life and we have a 16 month old boy. Um, like family is everything to me. I get emotional. Sorry. No, <laughs> it's just, no, I you know, I, I almost missed out on so much and like getting to, to come here every day and to train with Patty. This is such a dream for me um, to have a partner of such an amazing, amazing, amazing horse who <laughs> really wants to please and is trying to figure out what I'm asking him. Cause I don't even know. <laughs> most of the time. Gosh, but it's, it, it yeah. feels like I'm in a different lifetime. That's the only way that I can really explain it. It doesn't feel like, I feel like my past life almost belonged to somebody else. Um, my life, you know, and life does get hard. It's not like, I mean, hello, we're in the middle of a pandemic, but mm-hmm. really it's just, am I going to choose to adjust my perception accordingly? Because if I, you know, step into the barn and I'm like, Oh, poor me, this ride is going to be bad or whatever. That's likely what it's going to be. So in my life, I try to just walk through as humble as I can with as much grace as I can and as much gratitude as I can, which isn't always easy, but I make an attempt. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's beautiful. And, And it's, it's, it's amazing to hear your story and, and if our listeners want to find you online and or have some questions or need some guidance, how can they do that? Um, sure. Yeah, you can go to allheart.blog or you can look me up on Instagram, allheartequestrian. I I love talking to people. I'm always there as a support. I really, what I aim to do is to create um, an environment for sober athletes and for the people who care about them and also for people who aren't sober yet. And I think that horses can be such a healing, healing, healing thing. And really, I just want to try to help as much people, as many people as I can. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Enjoy the sunset at Patty's. And oh, thank you so much. Uh, we can't wait to keep in touch. Well, that was a great interview from Elise Hart. And if you need any help, please reach out to her. She's fantastic and can certainly help you um, by any way she can. She's lovely. And we've got a great commercial break from another fantastic company that has been such great support of ours, Kentucky Performance Products. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Have you heard of a yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii? It's a type of probiotic that benefits your horse's digestive tract. Often referred to as S. boulardii, it works in several different ways. 
One unique property of S. boulardii is that it supports the stimulation of the enzymes found in the intestinal lining. These enzymes help your horse digest starches and sugars in the small intestine. When the sugars and starches are more completely digested, fewer of them escape into the hindgut where they can ferment and cause imbalances that may lead to colic, diarrhea, and laminitis. Saccharomyces boulardii is found in Nalox Advanced, made by Kentucky Performance Products. Nalox Advanced contains a blend of yeast, fermentation solubles, and stomach buffers. These ingredients work together to maintain your horse's digestive tract in peak condition. Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of all ages and stages and is fed on a daily basis. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. And now a quick word from EcoGold Saddle Pads. No slipping, no sliding, no problem. EcoGold Secure Saddle Pads are engineered to keep the horse's back comfortable while keeping the saddle in place for a safe, competitive ride. They have impact protection throughout the seat and ultra-thin flaps to provide the rider with better communication and a more stable riding position. Available in both English and Western styles, shop the entire collection at ecogold.ca. Well, tonight I am very excited to have Julia Magsum on the program. I met Julia when she came to my farm to do a pony club clinic in 2014. So she was much smaller than she is now. And I'm so proud of her. She just had an article published and uh, on yourdressage.org, USDF's publication uh, and online service. Julia, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, we are so excited to have you. And I was so proud when I read your article on the website, but I'm not going to lie. It is about music and I love it, but I, uh, it's very complicated. So I wanted to have you on cause you're so smart and I wanted you to fill us in a little bit about the article that you wrote on your dressage.org. Absolutely. Basically I have been a musician since I think sixth grade when I started playing the trombone. And so I started writing this article because when I ride, it's very similar to when I'm playing the trombone. And so I started thinking more and more about this about two months ago and about all the technicalities and theory of music. And, you know, dressage is an art, so it's very much similar to music. But the technicalities and the exercises that we do to be better musicians apply to being better writers as well. Well, and that makes sense because obviously later down the road, you have freestyles. And so there's a music component to it. So, you know, tell us a little bit more, I guess, about the musical side of dressage and writing. Absolutely. So dressage, more than any other sport, at one point, it did have a, a practical side to it, but as we've seen different disciplines grow out of a military necessity, um, dressage is the only one that has really migrated towards dancing and artistry. You know, we don't do it to get between the flags in a certain amount of time. We do it to make it beautiful and elegant. And the same thing goes for music. We're doing this to be... Um, dynamic and precise 
but make it all flow so well. And you never want to be boring, but you don't want to be all over the place. So when I'm writing, that's the same thing that I'm working towards is making it all very interesting and changing everything up. But I also want it to be very smooth and I want it to be enjoyable. So that kind of theory kind of migrated into my writing, um, especially when I started doing more upper level movements like uh, half pass and leg yields, a lot of the lateral movements. I started to be able to hear music when I was doing these movements. And I can't explain to you how it really started happening, but classical music when I'm really focused, is playing in my head when I do these movements. I, I liked in the article when you were talking about uh, the time signatures of the of the horse's three gates and how and that how you have to kind of whether you're riding, walk, trot, or canter, you have to keep it kind of steady so it flows really nicely. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So when you're looking at a time signature, the bottom number is how many notes get one beat. So your general time signature is four, which makes great sense for the horse because there's four legs. So when you have four in the bottom, that means a quarter note gets one beat. And a quarter note is that short little just bump. So in a regular measure, you would have four of those. So that's at the walk and you have bump, 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 bump. And then if you are at the canter, then there's three beats. So then there's three beats per measure. A quarter note gets one beat, so it's bum, bum, bum. And then a trot is in two, four, because, again, quarter note gets one beat, and there's two beats to the trot, so it's bum, bum. So what I, what I like to think about is that you have to maintain the same, the same rhythm, otherwise then your piece of music is just flying around all over the place, and, and it's not organized or beautiful at all. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's really how this whole concept got started was I was having a lot of problems with the rhythm in the trot until I started counting it one and two and one and two and. And that just kept my rhythm the same. So you have to be very true to your rhythm as well as your tempo in order to have any kind of dressage test. Well, I love it too. In the article, you start talking about like if you were to write a half pass out of a perfect collected trot. Can you kind of talk talk us through that example? Yeah. So for me, finding collection is the same as tuning my instrument. So for all of my music nerds out there, um, a trombone is one big tuning slide. We have to be so perfect with our embouchure, so the way that we push the air out and our slides, so the way that we um, shorten and lengthen the, the tube of the trombone to make the perfect note. And so when we find the perfect note, we use um, an app, and the app is this uh, bar that has red on either side, and it, ha- and it goes on a gradient from red to yellow, and then green is in the middle. So when I'm writing my collection, if it's like too fast behind or I'm losing a shoulder, I can feel it going in the red of that's not tuned at all. 
But then as it gets lighter and more balanced and forward, I can feel it migrating, that circle migrating towards that green in the middle. And when I finally get collection, it is the same feeling as getting that big green smiley face that goes on in the middle of the screen. So that's how collection feels to me is just making those little adjustments one at a time until you can get that big green smiley face. And from there, you have the perfect note. So then you can move on into these concepts of rhythm and tempo and move them over. So in the half pass, you know, you start the bend and you have to maintain collection in the bend. And so you move your horse over and you never lose the rhythm or the tempo and you have to stay in tune. Otherwise, the whole thing is going to just fall apart. So when I start the half pass and I start adding all those elements, it starts really sounding like music. So Julia, do, do you imagine, you know, when you ride a full test with all of its elements as, as a beautiful concert or, you know, what, what, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah. So when I go through a whole test, it sounds just like any other really awesome concert piece would. Every gate sounds really different, but when they're all put together and they're all done really well, it sounds like these movements that you find in classical music, especially in Bach, it's really easy to tell where the movements are and where they change from like sinister and and sad into exciting and happy. And so you can feel the same progression through the test. And for me, I know that I used to have really, really bad test anxiety. And all of that beautiful music that was happening in training would just stop as soon as I got into the dressage ring. And when I started really trying to feel the music in my dressage test and ride it any the same way I would play my music with my trombone, that's when I started getting my good scores. So now that I'm more comfortable in the arena, if I can't hear my music, that test did not look good. And I don't even look at the video. <laughs> <laughs> I think we we've been there for sure. So Julia, tell us wh- what is your music? I I knew about your love of horses since you were a little 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 bit, but tell us about your love of music. Yeah, so I joined concert band in sixth grade, and I will admit that I only started the trombone because um, the saxophone. The groups were already picked for saxophone. I was like, all right, fine. I guess I'll do the trombone. And so I started getting more and more into it. And over four years, um, I just, you know, I'm a very auditory learner. I come from a very musical family. I just went headfirst into the music world. And I was on, um, I was in state band and I did solo and ensemble, which is a competition um, through KMEA where you get rated based off of music that you play with um, other high school musicians or middle school musicians. And I won some medals there and I just kept playing for a while. I did, I did stop playing in my uh, high school band um, my sophomore year just because I didn't feel like I was getting to play a lot, but I do still play on my own. 
Oh, I love it. Like I said, I knew your love of horses, but I didn't know your love of music. It, it was so fun when I got to read your article. So if people want to get more information, how can they find your article? Uh, you can find my article on the Udressage, uh page. I think it's underneath um, education, I believe. And then it's also been posted on the USDF social media pages. I love it. Well, Julia, thanks so much for coming on and sharing your music, uh, your love of music and horses. And I hope everybody checks out your article because it's fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Well, that was a great interview with Julia, lovely young rider developing here in the U.S. And we're going to have a quick break from Bates Saddlery and come back with Wendy Murdoch and Patrick Tigelar. Bates Saddles are the saddle brand that truly put your horse first. Enjoy comfort, optimal balance, and seamless contact with your horse, leaving you free to concentrate on your aids. Bates Saddles offer you many features you don't find with other saddle brands, including the external flexi-block system, which is anatomically contoured to your leg, allowing it to ride in behind the block and support your individual position for maximized comfort and security. An adjustable ergonomic stirrup bar, which allows effortless rider alignment to be achieved by altering the position of the stirrup bar, enabling you complete control over your preferred leg position. Many styles are available, including the new Bates Dressage Saddles, the Bates Victress Show Jumping Saddle, and the Bates Advanta Eventing Saddle. It is the official saddle of the United States Eventing Association. You can learn more about Bates Saddles at BatesSaddles.com. That's Bates saddles.com. Well, I am so excited to invite everybody to our, what has become almost a cocktail chat, which we love, but we have a fan favorite and our favorite Wendy Murdoch on the show, along with Patrick Tickelard, international Grand Prix rider and trainer. Welcome to you both. Welcome, Wendy. Thanks. It's good to be back. I should have brought my gin and tonic. (laughs) Anytime, anytime. Patrick, well, welcome to our show. Thanks for coming on tonight. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, we are so happy to have you on the Dressage Radio Show. We've been trying to get you on for a long time. And you and Wendy have teamed up for a great program with the Surefoot Equine Pads. Can you talk to us a little bit about your guys' partnership? Patrick knew about the pads because I've been working at a barn where I've been teaching for a while and he was coming there and teaching. But I think, Patrick, you were in Florida at that point, right? We were living I in think Florida. I was, yes. Yeah, I was yeah, coming to clinics there and we, we kept passing each other. Right. So we for, knew about each other for, for a couple like of years, years and it kept saying, yeah, you know, you need to meet each other. And then finally, Patrick did the right thing and moved to Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> And that made it much easier because he now actually, I think you live right across from the barn, right, Patrick? Yep. Yep. Right across. That makes it really easy. So, so finally, um, I, we got to meet each other and then, um, he had a chestnut mare, I think it was. And we just started to work with the Surefoot pads and, and, uh, it was just really fun. Cause you, you're a lot of fun to work with Patrick, I have to say. Um, and, and, um, you got it, which was so neat. Um, and, you know, I just maybe just tell people some of the things that you noticed with that horse, that first horse that we worked with. Yeah. So that horse, it was really quite a problem horse. And it was kind of, you know, it. I was honestly a little bit at my at my wits end. Like, how do I get through to this horse? Because she was just very um, 
like not very body aware and resistant in the body and um, just just a difficult horse. And I, you know, I knew that she had some some actual issues in in her body that I tried to work with. But anyway, with the with the pads, it really it it just kind of grounded her. Um, it got her just a different sense of balance, I think, and a different, um, just kind of a different relationship within her own body. And therefore I was starting to be able to, to, to ride her better, get the rhythm better, get her back better. Um, what I thought was really cool that very first time, just also the things that you picked up on Wendy on the, just how she was holding her and how with the paths, it just changed a whole lot. So I'm, I'm still, every time I use the pads, I'm still like, this is magic. I still don't quite understand it, but I see the difference in the horses. And, um, yeah, it's just every time that you come over, it's super fun to, to work with them and, and learn more every time. Yeah. And, and of course I, I love working with riders like Patrick because their sense of feel and their uh, awareness is so great. And so, you know, we can really, um, do a lot in a short period of time. What the horse needs, of course, not more than the horse needs, but just it's just a pleasure to work with someone like Patrick um, because he's, you know, the quickness and the and seeing where things can go and how Surefoot can be so useful. And then I got to work with uh, what's your what's the horse you have now? The bay horse that I love so much, <laughs> Philemon. Philemon, he is such a cool yep. dude, and he had a he had an injury, right, Patrick? Yes, yeah, he had an injury in his right front foot. And, uh, he's, he's luckily come back from that, but it did kind of, he's, he's always been a horse that had some, some balancing issues, but that, that injury of course throws him off a little bit. And, um, I've been using the pass with him now for mm, eight months or so, I think. And also with him, it's just really cool. Like the, the things that in riding, I, I feel like I struggle with and I, put him on the pads and the very first time that we worked with him together um it lasted for a couple of days i'm like this is just really cool how he changes his balance and his perception and uh yeah so really really super interesting and he's a cool horse he's a, one of those horses that you know you recognize yeah. he's super intelligent and so you know you start to work with him and it's like hey yeah, do that, do that, do that thing over. There. Yeah, that was great. Do that again. <laughs> so, you know, he's yeah. just told us what to do, which is one of the things I love about Surefoot is the horses realize they have some autonomy and some voice and they can start showing us what they need, like which foot or which density or how long they would need to stand on the pads. Because I always say that, yeah. you know, the horse knows his body way better than I ever will. He's the one in his body. And my job is to just facilitate him and help him feel different things so that he can you know, become self-aware and move in different ways. And that's so much what we saw with that horse in particular. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm just going to jump in. And I think it's really neat, uh, Wendy, when you work with people who know their horses really well and can read them. Uh, it, you know, is it difficult for you to walk into a place and and maybe not not know the horses? But when you have people to work with, like Patrick, that that, uh, you know, have a longer experience with each of these horses and how they can tell you, you know, what's going on or what they're thinking or, you know, well, the you know, team up aspect of it. Most people know their horse and know his, his typical behavior, but, you know, working with someone like Patrick, he, uh, there's an, there's a, just another level, um, you know, when I'm working with professionals, because, 
you know, you're with horses all day long. It's your job. And so you're much more sensitive to the subtle little changes. And, and um, you know, I've seen huge changes in, in horses that are just lovely pleasure horses or horses that are, have laminitis and that kind of, and the people are thrilled with the changes, but it, I, I just, there's, um, you know, it's hard to, hard to describe. I don't have to go through the explanations. Maybe that's it. It's that, you know, things can just click along and happen rapidly without a lot of explanation because the rider can instantly feel the change in the horse's balance and immediately feel the difference in the movements and, and in the performance. And, you know, when I'm working with a performance rider, that's what it's all about is how can we optimize this horse's performance and get them the most out of this horse with the least amount of effort and the least potential for damage. Um, and, you know, that's where I think Surefoot is so handy because you can use it before exercise, after exercise. I've stopped lessons and used the pads during the lesson and helped the horse understand something that we're trying to achieve. And in Patrick's case, we started out with uh, Philemon first unmounted and then had Patrick get on and then be able to feel the balance changes and immediately by taking it into movement, the horse connects. Wow, this is different. I can move this way now. Um, I, yeah. You know, I had a Grand Prix rider over in Germany, and I've never forgotten what he said to me. It's Jan Trepo. And he said, I no longer have to train my horse. I simply have to ride my horse. And I, I think that just says it all when we're talking about that level. Absolutely. So, Patrick, just tell us, how often are you using the pads with the horses? Um, well, really as often as time allows, it's, um, with a busy schedule, I don't get to do it as much as I would like, but I try to for sure do one day a week where I, you know, to spend the time with the pads and spend the time really looking at my horses. And usually, you know, I have them on a rope halt or if I plan to sit on them afterward, just tacked up, but so at least once a week and that, um, what I like is when I put them on the rope halter, I can kind of see what they're doing. I let them walk around a little bit and bring them back. And um, so that's kind of how I do it right now. I'm often alone. So it's, um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's easier yeah. to do it that way. Sure. Right. Sure. And Wendy, you guys have a project coming up, right? We do. I'm really excited about it. So um, I was contacted by Dr. Raquel Butler, who's at Charles Strutt University, um, and they're going to have an animal biomechanical medicine refresher. And she asked me if I would do a segment on Surefoot. And so uh, Patrick's been kind enough to say yes, and we're going to go over to his place and film mm-hmm. on the 18th and and um, um, so that I have some footage because it's going to obviously be virtual. I'm not heading to Australia just yet. Um, so i I'm going to have a presentation of about an hour talking about Surefoot in terms of uh, treatment rehabilitation and working with performance horses. So I'm really stoked about it. Absolutely. It sounds amazing. And, and would that be for everyone to watch or would you guys do another one that we could all see? I think what we'll do is I'll, I'll edit that footage for that audience and then I'll take that footage and I'll repurpose it and probably have it in one of my Zoom webinars that I do on, on Fridays. I always do a Surefoot Zoom webinar. Um, which is open to anyone. And I advertise that on, on Facebook all the time and they're free. They're all free. We've done 127 webinars now. Patrick was a guest of mine. Uh, and so are you Reese. <laughs> I know Phil, you're the only one that hasn't been a guest. I know <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to solve that, but um, yeah, I'm yeah, up to we'll 127 on webinars now and they're all free and they're all available on the Surefoot Equine YouTube channel for anybody to watch and, um, 
it's it's just been so fascinating doing those webinars because I, I keep finding, you know, people that you might not normally know about or talk to or hear about and different aspects. So I'm always trying to like kind of scurry around and find somebody who's been off in a corner somewhere beetling along on their project and kind of drag them into the light, <laughs> make it available. <laughs> Oh, I think it's fantastic. Um, so the one last question, Patrick, I have for you is if somebody wanted to start with, if they have also a tricky trust, chestnut mare or mare, um, how would uh-huh. you, how did you use the shaput pads to sort of help you with her? Um, well, so Wendy, of course, was a great help with that mare because I was very new to the shortfoot pads and um, like I, I kind of got stuck with that mare a little bit, but what I do now with horses that um, that I introduce to them, I, I start usually uh, with the orange pads, which I know, I don't remember what density they are, but that seems to be, yep. <laughs> yeah, the hard ones. That seems to be the one that they get used to easiest, right, Wendy? Yep, because they're going to have uh, just direct give and no lateral instability. So they're, they're a good, yeah. really good place to start. And then really, so I, I put them on that and just kind of notice what they're doing. Do they want to walk off? Do they, how, how is the imprint from the left front different from the right front, if anything? Um, and, and what I find most interesting, and I have to say, I'm still, I'm still new to the path. So I'm still sometimes just putting them on and not quite sure what to expect or how to, what to tweak or what, but just looking at the horses and seeing how they respond, it really gives you a whole lot of information. And I've just been playing around with the different pads and um, mostly just looking at the horses and, and figuring out what is changing because I put this pad on that foot or that pad on that foot and noticing subtle changes in posture, breathing, um, um, muscle tension, how do they walk off of the pads? Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with my kind of whole journey with the surface <laughs> pads that I'm still trying to learn and see what the differences is. So, um, it's, it's a difficult, kind of a difficult question to, to answer. How would somebody else start? But that's what I do. No, I, no, I think you've answered it really well, Patrick, because so much of it is about exploration and just seeing what happens as opposed to going in with, uh, you know, like I'm going to fix this problem. Cause when you go in that way, usually you you don't wind up fixing the problem. You're not broad enough scope in your vision. You're not looking at the whole. And so what you've described is great because you're just kind of stepping back. And I can't tell you how many times I've looked at a horse and then I put them on a pad and I saw something that was in front of me the whole time. And I never saw it until I saw it Mm -hmm. on the pad because the pad's going to give to the weight. That makes total sense. And the horses, you know, obviously have to get used to it. And, and we have lots of content on how to do that. And, and Wendy, you can always, always reach Wendy. So Wendy, how can our listeners find you online, find more information about Surefoot? Um, so if anybody wants more information on Surefoot, we have a terrific website. It's called surefootequine.com. And then on YouTube, I have the Surefoot Equine YouTube channel. And that's where all the webinars are. And that's where all the um, educational information, there's quick start guides and short little videos on choosing a pad and that sort of thing. And then um, you can always find me on Facebook on Murdoch Method or Surefoot Equine. And you can always email me at wendy at wendymurdoch.com. So lots, lots of ways to find me. 
Oh, it's fantastic. And Patrick, how can we find you online for training questions? Um, um, yeah, so Facebook is easy. Um, just my name, Patrick Tichelaar, or Dynamic Dressage, uh, which is my business page on Facebook. Um, my website is very outdated, so that is very much not a good way to reach me. But Facebook is for sure the, the best way. Patrick, maybe maybe you're gonna you're gonna spell your last name for us because it's not not the easiest one. Yeah, right? that's, <laughs> that's T I G C H E L A A R. The two A's. And in case anyone didn't notice, he's from the Netherlands. <laughs> yep. Fantastic. Well, thank you both for coming on, and we can't wait for the rev- webinar with both of you. We, it, it, I'm excited. I'm gonna watch myself. Yeah, it's gonna be really fun. I'm looking cool. forward to it. Thanks for having me. Tired of having your boot sucked off mid-stride by sticky mud? Mud control grids are the solution. Frustrated by mushy, slippery messes at the paddock gates? Mud control grids are the solution. Is keeping the ground underfoot stable in your sacrifice areas and dry lots causing you to lose sleep? Once again, mud control grids are the solution. You're seeing a trend here, aren't you? Well, Han Plastics Mud Control Grids really has come up with the best solution. Unlike other plastic grids on the market, mud control grids can be installed directly on top of the mud. Let me say that again. Right on top of the mud. You don't need to do any ground preparation. The mud control grids are an instant solution to your high-traffic muddy areas. No more having to fill in with sand, gravel, shavings, or even old carpet. What's more... Mud control grids will allow grass to grow underneath of them so they can be taken back up once the area is dry or recovered. Or you can leave them right where they are and take over again when the rainy season comes back around. Han Plastics mud control grids are designed to be installed as a temporary or permanent solution. You can take them with you with you move. Put down a lot, put down a few. Add more each year. The ultimate mud control solution. Check out Han Plastics Mud Control Grids at mudgrid.ca. Oh, an added bonus, your tractor or gator won't sync up to its axles with Han Plastics Mud Control Grids in place. So there's that. www.mudgrid.ca. Well, Phil, I have been working really, really hard to get ready for Florida, and I'm telling you, I love my total saddle fit stability stirrup leathers. They're amazing. Well, I think, yeah, exactly. As you're gearing up to go to competition, you want to be riding at your best and using all the things that, that are going to help you, you know, ride well and help your horse go well. Um, and, and one of those things is the uh, still stability stirrup leathers. So, um, you know, I'm using them every day. I'm not thinking about showing, but everyday use is is awesome to just help the horses go better and uh and you're preparing for for a winter show season so we want to thank justin at totalsaddlefit.com for helping us with our riding he has um, a lots of ma- amazing products so check out the website so phil we've got a great total saddle fit tip of the week with nicole harrington fei rider and trainer and we hope you all enjoy This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. 
Nicole tonight. We're so happy to have FEI rider and trainer back on the show, Nicole Harrington for our trainer tip of the week. Nicole, what do you have for us? Hi. Uh, so I just wanted to talk about how important, you know, moving the horses laterally and, and suppling them with lateral work, even in your warm up, is. Um, I like I like to start out my horses and and do leg yielding, um, like corner to corner across the arena, just in the walk, even on a a longer rein. Um, just it really helps to supple their hips and and get all their pieces and parts moving and get their joints um, lubricated in the walk um, before I even start um, any other trot and canter work. I think it is so smart. I think, you know, we, well, first of all, let's just go with riders are terrible at stretching. No rider personally. I mean, I don't know very many that stretch, right? I'm much better at stretching the horses than I am myself. But if you think about it, if I were to get up in the morning and actually do my yoga very religiously first thing in the morning, it would be a lot better for me. I probably would feel a lot better. And you got to know the horses feel that way. You know, they've sometimes they've been in the stall all night. You know, maybe they've been outside, but they've, you know, they're not necessarily, they've not, that's stretched for the purpose of working. And so that idea, it, it is actually my pet peeve when I see people get on, kick the horse in the gut and just start going. And I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Um, so I, I'm with you. I'm a huge proponent to this. And, um, when I was in Germany, Mr. Schumacher would always call it greasing the joints. And I, mm-hmm. I love that. I love that term. Um, but I'm with you. I do the same thing on every horse, leg yield, shoulder in, half pass, depending on the level of the horse, right? And and some walk pirouettes. Um, so I think it's incredibly important as well. Phil, I'll let you weigh in. Yeah, I mean... Um... We're taught this, you know, to do this from from early on in our training, and to to help the horse to kind of get ready. And it's also a bit of a check in, like, will you move off of my right leg? Will you move off of my left leg? And in and doing that, you're also determining kind of whether the horse is having a bit of a lazy day, or whether you know whatever you're doing the day before caused the horse to be a little sluggish, a little slow from your leg. You're you know you've got to check in to to. Be developing so this is the, the time in the ride you know where i'm developing a plan for my ride you know and uh you know i have an idea what i want to do but I, I don't really i'm not able to follow through with my idea unless i can figure out if the horse is ready for this that or the other thing so one of my favorite things is uh, uh just doing a little bit of head to wall leg yield um mm-hmm. especially if you're if the horse is second level above kind of thing because it helps me to evaluate my own position at that time you know am am i leaning on my right seat bone you know it's kind of straightens straightens yourself straightens the horse a little bit and 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 um really really helps develop the walk without you don't have you don't need a ton of contact to be doing this so you're not like shoving them in a frame and and you know i'm just you know so I'm, as i'm going down the long side i'm just going to apply my uh, outside leg to to push the hips away from the wall in kind of a 30 to 45 degree angle and they should just keep walking and stay balanced and you're not leaning on your outside leg or leaning on your outside uh, outside seat bone not leaning on a rein not you know not really you know bending the neck here or there but just asking the horse to step to step a little sideways in that way and you know not running off and um, I noticed on 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 my thoroughbred types 
when, when you're asking them to leg yield, especially without a lot, of, a lot of contact, they like to just jog off, right? And I think that the horses, uh, you know, that's a uh, that's an easy out. That's that's not really stretching if they're just trying to get trying to get away from you a little bit or just trying to speed things up a little bit. So that's why I like to use the head to wall leg yield because the wall helps to hold the horse um, from being able to kind of jog off and run off like that. And then I don't need to you know pull on my reins and say no, don't go. You know, so th- these are the types of horses that I would do that that with. Now, if you have a little bit more of a lazy horse, then I would be doing the leg yield, like you said, you know, on the diagonal across the arena a little bit because you need to be able to send them a little bit forward. So, you know, I think each horse has to have his own warm up plan and and you know how how you're going to do do it do it and and how, w- what's going to benefit the horse that you're sitting on in the moment. And, you know, depending on how advanced they are or not advanced they are, you know, how hard leg yielding is, or, you know, you can, you can develop a plan that gets them ready for work and, and is stretching their muscles. Um, so, so they're, they're just a little bit more willing when, when, when you want to get, you know, down to business. Well, I think that's just a really good thing too, Phil, that you said, like every horse is going to have their own plan and their own, own warm up. And, you know, we, we've talked about this and, and we could, we could do a whole show on this because every horse is very different and it really does depend on what's happening and, and, and the level of the horse and maybe your, your objective the day. But I've also found, honestly, if you can't do it in the walk, you're not going to be able to do it in the trot. <laughs> or the canter. <laughs> if you can't leg yield in the walk in the beginning, the horse is tight. Uh, you're going to get into some more trouble as as you go forward in your ride. Wouldn't, wouldn't you say, Nicole? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think the walk is a great gate to even if you're a, a lower level rider, training level, you know, schooling first, and you're learning to leg yield. Um, the walk is a is a great gate to learn that in and, and and to teach the horse how to step under correctly with the inside hind. Um, and an, another good exercise that I like to in the warm up is um, to do some turn on the forehands, mm-hmm. and, and and that's something a horse of uh, just about every level can can learn to do, and it really helps to connect them from the inside leg to the outside rein um, as they you know stretch their hips and do some and yoga for the horse. I love it. I love it. It's so true. Well, Nicole, this is a fantastic tip, especially as it's getting cooler and the horses are probably going to be a little stiffer. Um, so how can our listeners find you online if they have more questions for you? Um, uh, on Facebook uh, under Harrington Dressage or Nicole Harrington. Um, and then also Instagram as well under Harrington Dressage. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much. And we can't wait to to have you back on the show in the future. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Well, as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs. We've got a couple emails in the queue and we will make sure they get going and they start. And then also remember, we are doing the giveaway for two online lessons. Send us an email, Phil or I, or both of us, uh, somebody that deserves a lesson and it's okay to nominate yourself. Uh, We would love to get to know you and see your horses and bring a little joy to our community. You guys bring tons of joy to us as well. So as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is MapleCrestFarmKY and my email is Reese at HorseRadioNetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is on Facebook or my email is Philip at HorseRadioNetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to keep the lights on. That's ProStride. Kentucky Performance Products, Han Plastics, Bait Saddlery, 
Eco Gold, and Total Saddlefit. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com and check out the Facebook Auditor page. You can find it at horseradionetwork.com, how to become an auditor. Everybody, keep your heels down, your shoulders back, and we can't wait to talk to you next week. Thank you.